0: Well, since you asked. Well, since you asked. Well, since you (laughs) asked. Welcome to another episode of Well, Since You Asked, a podcast created by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs with exclusive interviews brought to you by Halford Social Pros with your host, Spencer Halford. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Well, Since You Asked. So happy to have you. On this beautiful Thursday, or really whatever day or time you're consuming the podcast, just happy to have you listening. My name is Spencer. I'm the owner of Halford Social Pros in St. George, Utah. Check us out online at halfordsocialpros.com or on Instagram at halfordsocialpros. We work in digital marketing, social media, uh, mainly Facebook and Instagram advertising, but I don't want to get too much into that today. We have a lot to cover Uh, Man, like I am just so, so humbled to be in the position in life I am right now, not talking about, you know, growing a business or, you know, even having employees or being married or, or living in America. I mean, there are so many, so many things that we take for granted. I went to Ethiopia this February, life changing and transformative um, and I cannot wait to get into some of these issues today. And we're not going to be talking about Ethiopia on this podcast. Um, we're going to be talking about a, a, a little bit different topic. Um, very, very excited. I want to start off with uh, my thought of the day. This is by Martin Luther King. And uh, his thought, no one is free until we are all free. I love that quote. I've thought about it many times throughout my life. A history teacher first introduced that to me. Um, he showed me a picture of, of protesters uh, during Martin Luther King being arrested just for advocating that blacks have the same rights as white people. The audacity of these people, right? People should be treated equal. People should be treated fairly. And they were being thrown in jail. I absolutely love the quote. Uh, this week's, or I shouldn't say this week's, today's episode is uh, very special. I uh, ran into today's guest at the Society Center in Southern Utah in St. George. I was leaving after filming and I broke the door, uh, the security system on the way out. Uh, and, uh, the, the guest happened to run up and said, Hey, are you, are you a videographer? Do you work in marketing? I said, yes. And we had this, this amazing conversation about human trafficking and it absolutely rocked my world. I actually came back to my wife, shared some things that, uh, that she shared with me and I, I couldn't believe it and she couldn't believe it either. Um, I am absolutely thrilled to introduce Cami Bowker. She is the head of Global Education Philanthropists, otherwise known as Global EP. Check them out online at globalep.org. Cami, thank you for joining the show. Appreciate you having or (laughs) appreciate you being on the show. (laughs)
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I I appreciate it
0: too. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it really is serendipitous the way that we connected with each other. I don't break doors every day. And so (laughs) (laughs) coming into each other like that was actually pretty awesome. And then you know, it
1: was amazing.
0: I, it was so cool. And then I'm just so passionate about being better as a community. I just had Cindy Jacobson on in the last podcast Aww. and our big thing on that amazing woman, right? Our our yeah, biggest thing on that podcast was just be a good human, right? Just be a good human right. and, and things right. are going to pay off in the long run. And that's something that, you know, I connected with you immediately on right off the bat is just be a good human. Don't suck. And let's get this through this life together because yep. heaven knows it's hard enough as it is, right?
1: It is hard.
0: So tell us about Global EP. There are people who may not be familiar with the, the organization. I certainly wasn't when I was connected. What is it all about? How did you get involved? And, and where are we at now?
1: So globally, a Global Education Philanthropist is um, an organization that provides resources um, to vulnerable communities for human trafficking. So actually, it's all of our communities that are vulnerable. So Global EP was founded. I'm a school teacher. I'm now a retired school teacher. And um, it was founded initially to provide resources internationally to those that didn't have what we have here in America. So I set off on an adventure to Haiti. Um, I have a really close friend, Travis Sigmiller, who's also our legislator for District 62 where I live, um, who I went to, who's a phenomenal, he's actually one of the world's number one philanthropic attorneys. And I went to him with my um, dream and vision of ringing education worldwide and to help other people that want to help find a place to do it and asked him if starting this organization was even a legal thing that we could do he said absolutely it is and i have some connections in haiti would you like to go check it out well i jumped on a plane by myself and went and found and created global education philanthropists um i went and touched down in an orphanage in haiti he had a good friend that was running the orphanage there and I walked in the doors and I said, hi. And there's 300 orphans running around and crying. Oh, my gosh. Some of 300? them are naked. And some of, yeah, 300. Oh it's my some goodness. the largest in the country. And um, I went and I said, where do you guys go to school? And so I went to their school and I said, hey, I'm a teacher from the U.S. Where these little guys go to school, I want to give them more resources. I immediately, of course, fell in love with everyone at the orphanage. Absolutely. And at the school. As one does. And I... Yeah, I mean, come on. They're yeah. just so sweet. And then we worked um, we worked to provide, you know, vocational trades and things for them. So when they age out of the orphanage and the, or the school, they uh, can be um, not fall prey to the human trafficking cycle. And um, one thing I realized in my research is, and through my time there, I also work in the DR, but I'll get to that in a second, um, is that the human trafficking cycle is something that's so prevalent that people see – and so they talk about it and they just kind of know that's a way of life. Um, I found that some of the kids, I, I don't want to say too much, but some of the kids that I knew and loved and got to know also um, had a connection to the Dominican Republic and just different things, the whole area, the whole area is sure. trafficking, right? So yeah. there's connections all through there. And I brought um, some tra- some groups over there to help in different aftercare centers in the Dominican Republic as well. Now, that's what we do on Global Education Philanthropist does on a regular basis. Um, We bring people over to teach trades and to teach literacy. We do school leadership training um, and train the community leaders like the physicians and the mayors and things like that, how to be more efficient and to provide more so that people can be self-reliant. So what we do is we provide educational resources so that people can be self-reliant and not fall um, prey to the human trafficking cycle. But guess what? Here in the U.S., we had to do the same thing, but it just looks really, really different. So human trafficking, does it happen in um, Dominican Republic? Yeah, it does happen in Haiti, of right. course. It in Africa. Huh? Yeah, you can think that. Yeah, that probably is true. Well, I came home and I had a friend here that had a family member that was trafficked, and she'd asked if I would help spread the word. So I started researching and understanding that it happens on U.S. soil, just as much, if not more than all of these areas Mm -hmm. that are far from our, you know, far from our circle. And, um, now, you know, fast forward a couple of years, I work, um, with advocacy for victims. I work with educating communities, um, to protect ourselves. So I help communities worldwide do that. It just looks different, um, in a first world country than it does a third world country. Right. It's it's all the same thing, but it's happening
0: all around us. Right.
1: It happens in Utah. It happens in the United States. It happens in every single neighborhood. It's it, amazing. N- there's none of us that are untouched. Yeah. Oh my. It's God. the fastest growing crime in the world. So there would be like naive right. to think that it wasn't. Yeah. Happening. In just researching
0: before this conversation, I read that within the next two or three years, human trafficking will uh, be more of a—I I don't want to say a business—but there will be more revenue in it, off the, or on the streets, than there will be, uh, you know, trafficking drugs. Which is unreal to think. And the, the reason for that is, you know, you can use drugs, but, you know, if, if you're using cocaine or, you know, whatever the drug is, you use it once, then it's gone, right? Well, this is a, a tangible person, a, a living being. And that, that's not the case. You don't, you know, they're, they're not one and done, you know. And that's the problem is that this needs to be addressed. This is a, a real global crisis. And unfortunately, it it, it was it took me breaking the door at the Society Center for you to sit sit me down and say, (laughs) hey, just here in Washington County in southern Utah, people are accessing the dark web and searching on ways to buy people online and have sex with them. And I had absolutely no idea. What was the number? Was it like a, a monthly page visit? What was the statistic you shared with me?
1: Um, the FBI shared with us, and I think you can go, and I could be wrong here, but what they were telling us is you could go to your local police department and ask for the numbers. I don't know if they'll still give it yeah. to you. So he told me this like a year okay. ago. Um, so it's just like the dark web and they will, um, it's called Backpage. I don't know if we are even supposed to say what it's called, but I'm saying it. <laughs> and there are about 500,000 hits in Washington County. And that was for a week. For one, for week. one week. And that's but. That's one week, and that was a year ago, and it's growing so fast. I, I highly I would imagine it's increased
0: faster. since then. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh.
1: And that's just people looking for flesh to, to get. So, it's a real threat, um, and it's not a far distant problem. It's underneath our oh, noses. Geez, notice. no
0: kidding. And that just you know, five hundred thousand people. I mean, let's consider the population of Washington County. I mean, there's no, there's certainly not anything over five hundred thousand just in this county. Right. I mean that's a fair statement, right? right? There's there's mm-hmm. no more than five hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. To have five hundred thousand hits in a single week on a back page of the dark web, or or maybe that's the name of the page, I don't know, back page. You can tell I've never been to the dark web before. Um, thank <laughs> yeah, goodness. Yeah, thank goodness. I, I do not possess the skills to get there. I don't know how and I do not want to. It scares the hell out of me. It's nothing I want. But five thousand or five hundred thousand hits in a week is an absolute nightmare. Just in our small community, mm-hmm. the other thing that you shared with me that absolutely rocked my world, and I grew up in northern Utah in uh, in the city of Kaysville. For anyone listening, that's right where Lagoon is. Um, it, very very nice area. Um, but you were telling me, you know, we're, we're just 20 minutes north of Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City is the third most trafficked city. Is it in the country or is it in the world? In the, in country. the country. Oh, my goodness. Third most trafficked. City in the country and it is right under our nose, and I don't even want to know what the the first two are because then I won't ever want to go there. But I mean that that type of information. And
1: the reality too is, yeah, the reality too is there's a rooting problem. So how do you get to like this global global crisis, right? right? So it it is like that's the perfect word that you use. It is rooted in um, our our globe. Our societies are so um, addicted to pornography. Mm. So uh, the root of this problem, of this global epidemic is pornography. Mm -hmm. And then the symptom or, you know, the manifestation of that root problem is a global human trafficking epidemic. So unfortunately, Utah is the highest consumer of pornography. pornography. So it
0: makes sense that Salt Lake City would be right up the alley. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Interesting. And so it's just something that we have to talk about. We have to talk about with our kids. We have to talk about it with, our grandkids, our kids at school or whatever the situation is. Um, I know that it's not a fun thing to talk about, (laughs) but where we are right now with human trafficking is where we were with domestic violence in the 80s. Like before it was a huge thing everyone knew about, people wouldn't say anything. They were scared to talk about it. And it was horrible to even think of. But then being a teacher, like going through school, I was taught what to do if you see signs and there's agencies in place ready to help. But right now with human trafficking, we're before that stage where everyone knows, but yet it's growing like a huge wildfire. And we don't know that the fire is burning. And so we just have a lot of work and we need to just take some spotlights out and shine on this problem. I agree. So that we can yeah. get it out of the dark. Oh,
0: absolutely. And, you know, just that, you know, hour and a half, I don't even know how long we sat there. It went so fast. But just that short conversation that you had was transformative again of my of my perspective and i've visited third world countries I'm, I'm not inept to understanding that hey there's a life outside the united states it's very different but understanding that this was happening right under my nose baffled me it, it blew my it. mind i
1: know and it. i
0: cannot believe that
1: it blew my mind too when i found out yeah
0: well and that's <laughs> when
1: i first started this. you know and
0: that's the reason i shared today's thought no one's free unless we're all free or until we're all free by Dr. King. I love and, that. you know, mm-hmm. just the fact that people are searching that 50 or 500,000 times in a month, you know, and you shared this with me too, but I, I looked this up again because, you know, I'm all about validation. I love, I love proving a point. There are more people in slavery today than at any point in history. It is absolutely mind boggling right. in, in any point of history. And, yes. I mean, we can think of, you know, when I initially think of slavery, I think of, okay, there was a problem in America. A while back with slavery, right? It was not good. Thankfully, that's ended. Now, there's still slavery in other countries, right? I've been to some of those countries. It, oh, it's not sure. good, mm-hmm. right? And we read in, in ancient times too, right? There were slaves, slaves built the pyramids, uh, things like that, right? But to think it, it more than right. any point in history, like start, starting today and going all the way back to day one of existence, now there are more slaves on earth than any other time, absolutely rocks my socks. I cannot wrap my head around that.
1: Yes. Right. Your socks should be blown off. That's a <laughs> yeah. good ter- term. Renox your right. socks. It really is true. And it was interesting because this year I had a son graduate from high school and I sat there and I, you know, just thought as we were, you know, doing the pledge of allegiance and mm-hmm. singing the national anthem. And I've just looked at it this year, just a lot differently. Yeah. Um, the last year I've helped in extracting um, people in San Diego mm-hmm. and helped with some things just throughout the, throughout Utah and throughout the yeah. country and now throughout the world. And I just look at it so different. The more I know, And I just wish that I don't want, I don't necessarily want everyone to have the experiences I've had or anything, but I do want people to understand that it's so real. Absolutely. And yeah, it's not, there's not a mainstream um, slavery here. Yes, there, it is mainstream in Haiti. I I just got back from Haiti two days ago, three Mm -hmm. days ago, but they still use child slaves there. But it really is a thing that as you know, the richest country on the globe, we are for sure the most wicked. Oh, absolutely. American men are the number one consumers of child sex. Mm -hmm regardless of what continent I was going to
0: say, yeah, and it's not always in America. I just, before we started talking, I actually watched a video of a man who travels the country saving human trafficking victims. And uh, he was in Southeast Asia. He was there uh, to purchase sex, but of course he was undercover. Uh, And he had heard rumor that they were selling very young women there. And uh, so he walked in and was was presented with two teenagers, uh, which, I mean, teenagers, come on but he was presented with teenagers and said all right you know for 30 US dollars you can take these women and have them for as long as you want and do whatever you want right first off absolutely disgusting right mm-hmm. that, that that's an organized crime right. right someone those words actually came out of oh, someone's yes. mouth as a business mm-hmm. transaction oh, but yeah. then this guy went a step further Correct. he said no they're they're too old for me and he did that for a reason because he was he was trying to test the legitimacy or or validate the rumors of there being younger girls there and so it, he started to leave mm-hmm. and the guy said Oh, hold up. I, I think I might know what you like. And he went into a back room and was was gone for a few minutes. And he came back with two six year old girls. And they had teddy bears oh,
1: on their gosh. shirts.
0: They had pigtails in their hair. And he said, for thirty US dollars, geez, I'm gonna get choked up saying this. For thirty US mm-hmm. dollars, mm-hmm. you can do anything you want for any time you want. And I was like, mm. You are kidding me. You are kidding right. me. A six-year-old girl. I mean, she they didn't just get there yesterday. I mean, whatever. they they knew that they were there, right? Come on. Mm-hmm. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh.
1: Yeah. It's statistics like that or faces that I've seen right. that
0: mm-hmm.
1: represent what you're describing that made me dedicate the rest of my life to fighting this monster. And I know that, like, it there's – I mean, I know that there's people that maybe right. I've helped or mm-hmm. maybe if I worked the rest of my life to just save totally. one, it would be to save that – that but it changes thing. the world and for I'm that person, control.
0: right? That's what it's about is, is changing the, their They're world, right? And I told that to someone when I went to Ethiopia. I said, We're, we are changing that person's world. And someone replied and said, how, how can you change the world? We, we gave them like 200 bucks, right? It, it paid their rent for multiple months. It was amazing. We, we changed their world for that time, right? Um, we we moved a house. Mm-hmm. And they said, you, you can't change the world for $200. I said, I can't change the world for $200, but I can change that person's world, right? And... Uh, And that Mm -hmm. is, I totally agree. So I I guess my initial question is, you know, people, I mean, especially, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I would imagine, and I I never grew up thinking about this stuff. I'm 24 years old. This was something that was maybe hinted at in high school that, hey, this exists, but it's kind of a weird topic. So, or or we don't feel comfortable discussing it, right? So we're not going to talk about it, right? It it was just something that we didn't talk about. I mean, you hear it in the news, but... That was it, you know? So I'm curious where the passion for you really started and how this came to fruition in your life.
1: Um, where the passion really started for me is I've always loved kids and awesome. helping kids. So being a uh-huh. teacher. Um, and the passion really got ignited when I started to research what was happening with my students, even in the classroom. I taught in the classroom for 13 years. Um, I always would look um, to know just more of their story before I stop yeah. judgment. You know, sometimes you get like a cum file of a student where teachers will pass it to you and say, ah, oh, forget this kid, they're totally. lost cause, or this kid's a brat, or oh, yeah. just off the cuff kind of stuff. And I would just never want to look in a cum file, and I never, ever, ever did, because I wanted to know their true story right. and just connecting mm-hmm. with them. Um, everybody's got a uh, heavier load than you imagine, or I imagine, but time after time, after I'd understand where these students were coming from or what they went through, I would, I would just understand that they're, they have a a bigger story and to be compassionate with them. Um, And then as I went over to Haiti for my um, first project, we have multiple projects now, but for my first project, getting to know them, that's where I found out that um, some of them had, I didn't know all along that the orphanage um, hosted kids that had been rescued. I didn't know any of that. Um, And then working with other orphanages throughout the world, understanding that, Uh, many of the orphanage um, directors will do that exact Mm -hmm. transaction you just described. So sick. That's sickening. They will do that again and again and again. And to know, like there's two kids in the Haiti orphanage, I'm convinced are my blood. Oh my gosh. And yes, they were rescued from trafficking. So that is where the fuel comes for me. But to know that somebody did that to the kiddos I love, or somebody will do that, like Right next door to the kids at every night I pray for that they're Mm -hmm. safe. Like, I can't even, but then to come home, my fuel at home too is my friend who had her daughter trafficked. I will work the rest of my life to make sure no other mom has to feel like that. Sorry, now I'm going to get you up. Like, just to imagine the despair of where these kids are Mm -hmm. at, and less than 3% are ever found. Mm -hmm. And if there's any help you can do so that no mom or dad have to ever wonder what's happening with kids. And just to start with our own kids, to make sure that never happens to your own kid and your neighbor's kid and people that you can talk to, I think that's where it has to start. But my
0: compassion and
1: conviction comes from a parent's perspective.
0: Well, and I think that's almost where it has to come from. I mean, otherwise, you know, I don't think people will really do anything until they can understand that perspective, right? I I was Mm -hmm. reading that, you know, less than 1% of human trafficking victims ever escape That leaves 99% of the rest of them, you know, some easy math there. But I mean, 1%, I mean, for for crying out loud, there's so much more that we can do to help increase that, you know, and 1% is such a a small number. Um,
1: Such a small number.
0: For those wanting to make a difference right now in the middle of the podcast, we're about 20 minutes in, please go to www.globalep.org. On the homepage, there is a donation tracker and a donation amount. You can pledge any amount that you wish. $50 can help one child get off the street and into school. It also lessens their chance of being sex trafficked by over 80%. For $100, two children can enjoy the luxury of education as well as getting off the street and lessening their chance of getting sex trafficked by over 80%, which is an absolute game changer. Over,
1: It really I mean. is. I can tell you story of a specific a family that I know now now love, but in Haiti and out in the ocean, one of the ocean villages, I won't even say right. part of the country, but it's out by the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you hear of stories where people will sell their kids to traffickers and you think, Oh my gosh, why would, no. Right. What happens is this specific family and it's replayed multiple hundreds of times throughout different stories, but it's the similar story of this, of the following. Um, there's this dad, he's a widowed. His wife was died in childbirth and now this poor guy has uh, five small babies, small girls, and now just a newborn baby. And his wife passed away, gave birth in like a shack that's on the water there. How is he going to provide for his family? He has no idea. They already have no jobs, really. The job it is really hard to get jobs. Um, the little girls are sitting every day watching kids that can afford a school uniform and a school backpack and school supplies to go to school. And they don't get to go because if in many, most countries, a lot of countries, if you don't provide your own backpack full of supplies and uniform, you don't go. And even sometimes you have to share the uniform, so maybe kids don't get to go every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go back into the villages and we help provide jobs for villagers to sew uniforms to get kids in school. So that's what that is uh, referring to on the website mm-hmm. of how it's getting kids out of school. Yeah. This same story I'm referring to. Um, a good friend, came, a good quote friend, came to this guy after he'd been struggling for about three and a half years and said, Hey, let me just take your daughters. I can take them to the city. I'll get them into school. I'll get them into some really good education. And that's not where they went, obviously, you know, where they end up. So I think that sometimes people are just down on their luck. And in the U S the vulnerable communities are, you know, foster kids. I have a good friend that was sold in Utah by her foster parents and traffic throughout the state of Utah. She no longer lives here and she started a phenomenal foundation In Las Vegas, that helps people to get on their feet and to get out and to be strong. But it's just as apparent here as the story that I'm relating in in Haiti. We also have the vulnerable community of our kids that are sitting on a screen all day. Yeah. And anybody can say, Hey, buddy, hey, hi, or right as your teenager's going to sleep, you know, one last person texts or messages them on Instagram or Snapchat or anything, anything and says, Hey, you're cute or you're pretty. And then they start up a conversation. And they have them. And as soon as they send them a picture of any kind of sexing or anything, True. they can get them to do anything that they want through blackmail. Right, yeah. And it's connected to mm-hmm. suicide. So it's just such a massive problem. And the trafficking organizations are very sophisticated. Their software goes around any privacy settings that you're gonna set on your phone or whatever, um, or inside your Instagram account. And they know they wake up in the morning to do this, to to groom kids online. Right. So the many facets of how they can get to our kids is, you know, crazy. So we just have to talk about it so that they can be aware. Totally.
0: Yeah. And I think that's really what it boils down to is just making sure that there's clear communication. We need to break the mold of, Hey, especially in Utah, I feel like there's a problem here in Utah is, you know, Hey, talking about these things can be awkward. Um, they can be uncomfortable, but you know, a a talk about a subject like human trafficking and just being safe online can protect a child for life. I mean, Imagine the difference between having a 15 minute uncomfortable conversation or having a daughter or a loved one subject to human trafficking for the rest of their life. I mean, the the choice is very clear, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, just sit down, have the conversation, right? Very quick and easy, right? And this is also not to say all technology is bad and horrible. There are just bad people that use technology in in the worst ways that anyone could scheme up, right? But, you know, just making sure that our kids... Especially the youth understand. Please, please, please be smart with who you're communicating communicating with online, right? And know that this is real.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's so real. And sometimes you'll think at somebody, and if something, um, they'll do like a copycat, you know, profile, like how many Facebook yeah. requests mm-hmm. from I probably get twenty Facebook friend requests a day, and I'm like, who in the heck? Right. is this? And I like, totally. but like sometimes it will be someone I know, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, a lot of times they'll just copycat someone that would already possibly be in your friends list like that's they're really really tricky they are but some signs like if you're a parent and you want to know like well, how would i know if this was happening you know your behaviors will change maybe all of a sudden you're someone you know like a, your kids or one of their friends or your nieces or nephews will show up with like a gucci bag or a new ipad or right. something really expensive they could and afford. it's unexplainable and their really good friend it's unexplainable right. and they're really good that they think is their friend yep. gave it to mm-hmm. them and their point is to get them into debt with to them right so that when they get them in bondage, they are too, totally, yep. no, totally,
0: they no, owe totally them, far. they belong to for them. Whatever they need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's right. a nightmare. I mean, just from the research I've done on this, which is nowhere near the level that you've done or any other expert has done, but these people will manipulate. That It seemed to me like the biggest game was manipulation, understanding that these brains yes. can be twisted and manipulated to serve a purpose for a transaction. And we need to, to educate people yes. that, hey, <laughs> this is the way that, that you s- identify that this is happening. And just be safe. Because whether it's some Egyptian prince email scheme that you get in the mail, and I hate those, or whether it's some <laughs> yeah. creepy guy yeah. <laughs> messaging you on Instagram or Facebook, right? It's all the same. Don't reply. Delete it. Move on with your day, all right? Same. You're, you're going to be a better person for it. And you'll be happier yeah, in the long exactly.
1: run. And nobody's going to offer anybody a modeling job on Instagram or Facebook. And if they right. do... If there's an agency that says, bull crap, I do that, you suck. So call me up and you suck. Go get an actual storefront and have actual documents because nobody is going to give you a legitimate. I've watched with my own eyes, in my own experience with a few multiple cases of girls that thought they were going and they're getting ready to leave and meet a trafficker, right. but they think it's a modeling totally. job. And I've heard people go, well, maybe you would get offered a modeling job on Facebook or Instagram. It's not going to happen. No. And if you're going to do get a modeling job on Facebook or Instagram, don't. They're a sleazy right. company if they think that's going yep. to do it. If it was real, your parents would be with you at a, at a place. You would go to like sign some documents. There'd be lots of grown-ups and lots of things happening. So, kids, it's not going to be on a messaging system. Yeah, so, someone with no credibility
0: doesn't just come <laughs> out of the also, woodworks like, and do whew,
1: that. Like, hi, you're so, <laughs> yeah. and they might even make it sound like they're credible, right. but like, no. And I would love, like, my dream would be to like kind of change the culture of, us needing to take a million pictures of people with no clothes on, on our Instagram, (laughs) on our Instagram, like, come on, you don't understand what message that's sending.
0: That's a good Um, first step for sure.
1: Your name is your brand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Be mindful of what you are putting out there for your own brand, your own name, your own face, and don't send um, pictures through that to someone you don't know.
0: That's so true. And it can be used for better or worse too. I mean, there's a time and a place for, you know, posting pictures of yourself. If you're going to Paris, post a picture of yourself. You're, you're having fun there. Great. You know, that, that's fine. If you've got kids, you want to take a picture with your kids. Great. Uh, you want to share it. That's fine. But, you know, as a culture, we need to be aware of the image that we're, we're putting out and portraying, especially for, you know, people that are vulnerable. And I, and I don't want to say these people are vulnerable by nature. They're vulnerable because there are predators out there that are searching for them. I want Correct. to make that very clear. I, I, yeah. I don't think that, that the women that are being sec- and the, the women and the kids that are being trafficked are weak by nature. They fall into a category that they are being hunted by a predator, a sexual predator, right? Which makes them more likely to to be vulnerable, right? So it's yes. it's not by nature, but but they need to be careful, right? Because people do right. exist like that, and I mean yeah. every day I wake up to instant messages in my my Instagram that are from random, uh, cam bot girls that are trying to get me on their website. I'm like, no way. Like, you know, oh, that's you, not real. If you're not a real person. Yeah. You're not a real person. You didn't send me a real message. I don't want to watch that. Stop. Right. You don't have right. to see it. I mean, Instagram and Facebook now, actually, if someone messages you, and this is a great first step that they did. If someone messages you that you don't know, and they send you a link, you actually cannot view that link until you decide whether or not you're going to accept the message or delete it.
1: I do and like so that, if too. you don't
0: know that person and they mm-hmm. have some like freaking weird name or they're from a different country or you don't even recognize their face, just delete it. Because it's either going to lead you to porn or it's going to lead you to to who other, you know, what else out there is there? You know, it can lead you to who knows
1: what. It could lead you to all sorts of things. Another thing you need to know too right. is at mm-hmm. any given time when your child um, is on any device, there's an average of 15,000 predators trying to get to them. 15,000. Oh my
0: goodness. And I think that's 15, a really 000. low. Number. Like
1: I think I'm really I, that not that I think that's a really low number. Um and that's an old number, right. but I, I could, it could be triple that, but at any given time. So you have a 6-year-old that's playing Roblox and you don't understand that um these guys with really sophisticated software 15,000 different terrorist groups t- um trafficking cartel the, all of this is related, right? So it's all crime and it they can make real actual money on it. So of course, you know, they can get into these right. games like like I was mentioning, Roblox and um, Fortnite are just a couple. And then they see these scenes in these games that get their minds like rape scenes, violent, violent rape scenes that are happening sure. in these rooms inside these games. And you're, these six year old girls and boys are like, whoa, what the heck is that? And then they'll just move on. Or maybe they won't say anything and they're like, oh, they don't even really know what they're looking at. But the, right. the point is, what they're exposed to um, at such a young age is so different than what we can even fathom that we need to be. Understanding that, please monitor your kids' as online activity. It's really, really harmful. Right now, we're it's we're during the summer. Multiple kids right. are sitting at home all day in front of a screen by themselves, and it makes me so scared. All they have to do is say, "Hey, sure. I go. I'm going to yeah. football practice," and the the friend on the other side that they've been playing Fortnite with all summer long. no they're convinced it's a friend that's also ten. But is it though? Oh <laughs> I yeah. Mean,
0: I no, know i sound it, like I'm right. some crazy
1: person, but I'm telling you.
0: <laughs> no, well, and it, the thing is, is that it's happened before, right? And you know, I just want to make sure people are clear. We're not saying technology is bad or that Fortnite the game is inherently bad because it exists. These are cases that have happened and doesn't mean it won't happen again, right? That being said, Correct. log on and enjoy Fortnite, right? Just be careful Correct. when you do it, right? right. I, I, I'm actually log a, a huge fan. Yeah, in, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a free platform. It. Yeah, chat, chat right. with your friends, right? Have Mazel tov, have fun. But I, I'm actually a huge advocate Of children being uh, exposed and I don't I'm careful with the word exposed um, because I I feel like some people think like oh man like you want them to drink from the fire hose no that's not what I mean I'm a huge fan of of, of, uh, I should say young adults uh, children from about 13 to 15 being exposed to technology early because I believe it can help them in their future i.e. If you get really good at Instagram, I you can agree. now start a, totally a, a, a digital marketing agency, right? You, you're better for it. You know, If you mm-hmm. want to start a YouTube channel when you're 15 years old and you want to talk about making crafts, that's amazing. People make legitimate incomes doing that, right? Mm-hmm. But what I'm a bigger fan of is parents buckling up and owning accountability for what their kids do is on them because they need to teach them, right? Up, Sit down exactly. with your kids.
1: Mm-hmm. That, that's
0: really what it comes down to. It's not kids that are getting into this yeah. trouble because they're kids. No, it's right? not it's their parents... don't know any better. Exactly. They don't know any better. And it's like I said, you know, I grew up, I'm in this unique millennial category, right? We grew up looking out the window on our drives and we finished it with iPads in our hands, right? Like mm-hmm. we we just had it's that weird, to. huge technology revolution, right? And so, you know, yeah, I feel like millennials understand. Yeah,
1: watch him go, oh my gosh. Right?
0: Yeah, well, it's just a different world than, you know, I was born in 1995. I very well remember when my parents... They surprised us. I think it was for Christmas. They got us a, a portable DVD player that could go in the car.
1: Dude, yes. And I remember- That's like a big deal. Right. Like, whoa.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it was like, holy smokes. It's strapped onto the back yeah. of the headset, right? Holy I had to smokes. lean across the car. Whoever side it was on, right? I had to look over to my uh, yes. dad's side if or to the driver's side if it was on my brother's side, right? It's crane in my neck. But hey, you know what? Finding Nemo was on, so it didn't bug me.
1: I was convinced but, that was you know, the like, top <laughs> of technology's pinnacle. Oh, I know. Is, the like, the wow. pinnacle,
0: right? I mean, we hadn't even reached the iPhone yet. And it was like, hey, like, we are well, like, we sweet. have got it made, right? Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> it, and again, you know, it's really about parents, please just sit down. And this isn't a, oh, go take your daughter or son's iPhone because it's inherently evil. Far from it. No, It's actually inherently no. good, right? It is inherently I actually, good. I an
1: educator, but, like, y- I love yeah. to teach about technology. I teach coding. I love mm-hmm. math and science. And when Love my son it. returns from his mission, I want him to be in the robotics medical industry. I'm trying Love to it. do the biomedicine. Like technology is amazing. It will help us. And I'm, I'm also a gun advocate. I think we should have our gun rights. But guess what? Totally. Not if you're all yeah. educated on them. So a gun isn't scary. Absolutely. If you understand mm-hmm. it's only dangerous on this side of the gun. And this is what, you you know, it. a gun can do.
0: It, yeah, just don't be an idiot with you. it, right?
1: Right. Same with the internet. Yeah. The, we Same. just take, yep. have to be parents. And I think. As parents, I don't understand the fully and I try to study more so we can, I can help teach people how to keep their kids safe. But the problem is growing so fast and in such a sophisticated way that we just have to open these conversations to our families so that we can, if they see something weird, they won't feel weird to talk to you about it. If they think you can't right. understand, they're not mm-hmm. going to talk to you about it. Like, I'm not going to tell totally. you, if I don't think you get it, you know? So they need to understand Absolutely. there's a place to say like, dude, I, I shouldn't have sent that, that like, nude photo or whatever the kids this is what happens all the time and so if, the, if totally. your family talks mm-hmm. about it like yeah don't ever do that okay but if you do come tell me so I can help you so you don't feel so guilty that you end up committing suicide come on like 100% or getting yeah. in the car w- with a trafficker so these are some totally real stories mm-hmm. that really happen
0: oh it's so true and everything you just said to me boils down to a two-way street of trust first off it's yes. parents being able to trust their children and in my mind this is how it works and Take this with a grain of salt. I'm not a parent, but I've been around the block enough that I, I feel like I understand how this works. I, When I have a kid, I probably when they're 10, 11, 12, somewhere in that ballpark, I'm going to bring them a smartphone and say, I'm giving this to you. It is a tool. Please do not break my trust. If you do, it will be revoked, right? That That's the consequence. For your action, there is a consequence. for it, If it's good, keep it. Yeah, use it, right? I, on the back end, right? Kid breaks it, phone's gone, you know? But, you know, if the kid or a child, you know, experiences something like that, there needs to be another street of trust where they can go to their parent without judgment and say, hey, this happened. I, I want to be protected. Please right. help me. Yeah. I because love you. time you, and time you were my parents. And time
1: and time again, like, they're just too afraid to tell their parents. And so they get themselves Absolutely. so yep. far out of their head. And every parent right. that finds themselves way down the road, the kid is missing or Just horrible damage has been done. I mean, millions of different scenarios, they feel like, Mm -hmm. not millions, but I've only seen like six or seven, but um, they all, every parent, there's not a parent in the world that would be like, well, you deserve this. They go, oh, honey, okay, what happened? And yeah, you might be mad that some of the things they did, but overall, as a parent, you'll always embrace them. And I think opening the conversations with your families, with your nieces and nephews, with your grandkids, if you're not a parent, just talk to kids and just open it or have me come in. I'll come talk to your school. I'll come talk to your business. I'll do um, community events for education. I'll tell you scenarios and statistics from right here where we live and help you. Um, So parents always ask me and friends, what can I actually do? And this is perfect about what we're talking about. So what can I actually do? Well, you're going to have to, unfortunately, (laughs) we still have to be parents. Like we still have to Uh say, Hey, what are you doing? But I've been searching for a good year and a half or so to answer that question in a way just besides like, we'll have your kids as login because that's what, FBI will tell you for you, have their login have a login and that's important to have your kids as login. But if your child or even your spouse for that matter doesn't want you to have a login, they're going to make a new one or they're going to find a different app or whatever. So sure, um, I did find a company that um, I'm partnering with. It's called the Cleaner Net, and we're just getting ready to launch it. And um, a, pr- a portion of the proceeds will go to help us fight trafficking. So we fight trafficking with um, a strategic approach. And then we partner with Adaptive Ops, which is the tactical approach. And then the education piece and the empowerment goes through the CleanerNet. Like, what do I do now? Great. Okay. So this is the CleanerNet. And it's a filtering system. It's a lot better than like Disney Circle and stuff, where you have Mm -hmm. this little piece that goes onto your router at home. And, you know, normally you can have a filtering thing in your house. But then what happens when your um, device goes off of your Wi-Fi? It can go access whatever it wants, but it's only filtering your Wi-Fi. Not with the CleanerNet. With the CleanerNet... It can it goes onto the device no matter where that device is at. So let's say you want to block Pornhub, you want to block YouTube or Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or whatever you specific or gambling, you know, for your um, child or your spouse or whatever the problem is. Grown adults are you know addicted to porn more than anything, and that's <laughs> right. the people that are buying these kids. So totally. I'm excited mm-hmm. about the partnership because I think it will save families. Truly, truly make a difference. And if anyone goes to um, emails me info at globalep.org. I'll give them a free month of the subscription um, and just say, hey, I want this um, filtering system in my house. I'll give you a free month. I'll pay for it myself. Love it. I'm, I'm awesome. that um, passionate that it's going to help really, really save families. And as parents, we don't really know what we what all is out there, but we know we want to protect them from um, getting pornography, but most likely when we're not um, understanding that they're able to access it at their leisure. Um and maybe specific apps if you know that they're a trigger point for your specific home. But uh, even putting these on the devices will help open up these conversations and these reports that will spit out. If you go, well, we don't have anything in our house. I, 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 I'll I, send you a dongle. You put it on your router and then just tell me what, what you see. And you'll be surprised that most every house has porn going in and out of those wireless waves. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, target I, audience I, I was, for pornography is six years old.
0: Is it really six years old?
1: Six years old is the target oh my um, audience for pornography. So when you go to YouTube and you're seeing cartoons, there's really awful, awful stuff. So they're targeting your kids as young as six. So if anyone listening has any kid older than, say, 10, I promise you that they've seen porn. They've seen way more than you can imagine. They're going right. to probably tell you, but they have.
0: Sure. Yeah. And, and I think it's safe. It, well, it's obviously safe to assume. At some point in everyone's life, they are exposed to it, whether you want to be or not. It's going to happen. You will be exposed to it. Mm-hmm. The point is after that, how you respond, right? And I think, yeah. you know, there are certainly children that are mature enough to say, oh, didn't like that, right? Don't want to see that again. And,
1: and then and there are others that are a... curious,
0: right? And they're they're curious by totally. nature. One, because they're kids. Like, and then the two, because, yeah. right. Yeah. What is that? But number two is because, uh, and it comes back to parenting. Parents need to sit down and explain, this is what this is. This is what happens if you consume too much of it, right? Right don't do it
1: right just don't look at porn well, and let right? me tell you this let me tell you this The well i think you know this too but like pornography changes the way your brain um it just it does. Your yeah. Brain functions yeah so it, it, changes, it changes your, your dopamine levels yeah your heart a, like the way you, you view right. relationships too
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: yep. um we partnered with fight the new Drugs. So if you want to go fight the new drug.org i should also put a link down on our website but they just put out a docuseries and the reason why i bring this up every time with trafficking is because I started saying that it's the root and it's showing itself as human trafficking around the globe. But mm-hmm. if um, you're porn, okay. So if you go to fightthenewdrug.org, you can watch your docu series. They're amazing. I love them. I support them. They love and support us. We just are. You know, they're awesome. They have really family-friendly videos and real-life stories from people in Utah who have struggled with pornography. Great who organization. Have yep. Who yep. have done all of these things. But mm-hmm. the third docu series really touches on it in a better way than I can explain. But um, I was just so happy to go to the premiere of their movie, and oh, it just it said everything I wanted to say. So if you get a minute, go check it out. But what it also sh- what it shows is when. So if you when you think before you before you go to like approach the porn subject, and you're going to click on that pornography. Think about this. When a few think about these few things that happen when there's someone that's trafficked, they are forced. These children are forced. I can tell you in this state, in this country are forced to stay, we'll say locked in a room, watching pornography hour after hour after hour after hour to numb their brain, to get them to do things that they need to be able to know how to do. And it changes Mm -hmm. their brain. It changes them. So if anything else, if I just leave with that, if you watch pornography, what you're, what you're looking at could have been used to groom a kid, that should be enough right there. But I'm going to give you some more. Most of the pornography, probably like majority of it, you know, it looks like they're enjoying themselves. It looks like two adults. You don't even know if it is. If they could have it look like a child. And guess what? That docuseries also shows porn stars that made it like to the top of the porn um, industry. And they will tell you they were heavily drugged. They were forced to look like they liked it. And if they didn't, they were they were in de- jeopardy for their life. So, if, uh, so for pornography, let me see. So it, it could be a, a child that's being trafficked and raped on the video, but doesn't look like it because they're really, really good at this money-making business. They better look like they want to like it or else they're going to get their They're, they're going to get killed. Okay. Right. Or it's going to be used to rape a child. Like, I know that sounds really vulgar and it's a lot to take in, but the cycle also um is just so spiraling out of control in our like communities. When you hear but, these, statistics, but it needs to be go, said oh too, gosh. though, like,
0: well, Whoa, in, in the world right, right the now, eaters, we,
1: ah!
0: right. Well, no, in the world right now, like everyone is, is so fake i mean people are posting pictures in front of jets on instagram they got the girls with them they have their new house right, right? they just got but their no, they got a facelift right yeah no everyone is their own pr agent right it's been the same throughout history it's just broadcasted at a, at a bigger medium now right i mean considering the 50s right the biggest medium was newspaper guess what was in the newspaper if someone did something good it was in the in the newspaper right consequently if they did something bad it was in the newspaper but when you sat down with debbie for dinner you were only talking about the good things in life because you wanted to have fun and talk about that, right? That's the game right. hasn't changed. We're just broadcasting it at a bigger medium, right? That's right. So That's we need to, to make sure that, yeah, we're broadcasting the things that we want to, you know, that that really matter, right? That really
1: matter, like really, really matter because it really makes the difference. Mm-hmm. And I am um, right. The trafficking problem is a global epidemic. And when you see mm-hmm. these uh, predators that when they come, when they get arrested, when they get busted, whatever suddenly this scenario plays out like most of the time they go, dang it. I started with porn. And of Mm -hmm. course you did. I mean, like that's what changes your mind. So I just want people to understand that these conversations have to be open. Utah has, if we just talk about locally, you know, Utah has one of the number one consumers of pornography and then U S men, businessmen are the number one consumers of child sex, whether it's in the Philippines or in Dominican Republic, Uh, we need to wake up um, and just shine a light on it. And we want to be able to talk about it so that if it happens, we can help save someone before it's too late. And, and like the Absolutely. prevention is where global education philanthropist is really growing Um, in the United States. As far as our aid is just going and telling people what the real statistics are and giving them the tools like the cleaner net um, and different um, resources for victims, like to the rescuing agencies, we do that as well. But so that we can understand as a global, like it's a thing that happens everywhere. We'd be so naive and stupid to think it wouldn't happen in Little St. George, Utah or in our little towns in Montana or wherever it happens there.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and anyone who thinks otherwise or is listening to this and, and is thinking or is turned to someone else and said, I don't think that happens or I haven't heard of that. So it must not be true. Please challenge your belief here because I guarantee you are 100% wrong and if you don't i'm just going mean, <laughs> to i know like, i'm sure it's like, oh mind blowing that well. someone well and it's so much i mean really we're drinking from the fire hose here right. there's so much to talk about mm-hmm. one podcast is certainly not sufficient to cover all the issues but i do want to make sure people know Please go to globalep.org. Find out how you can get involved. There is human trafficking that is happening right under our noses, regardless of where you live. Uh, Cammie and I are in St. George, Utah. It is a medium-sized town. I mean, there's probably, what, 70, 80,000 people that live here?
1: Yeah, we're only an hour Maybe. and a half for so from Vegas. so
0: Right. So, I mean, not, not a huge town, not small. You know, there are smaller cities around. But, I mean, th- this is a, a small relative place. Uh, and it's it's happening 500,000 times per week on the dark web. So please do not discredit this information. And, and consider too, to those that are listening, as a, as a parent especially, if this was your daughter, consider the lengths that you would go to personally if your daughter was involved in human trafficking or even taken as a, a sex slave, as a, a human trafficking victim. The answer every single time would be, I would do everything. I don't care what it would take or how it would be. Exactly. Uh, you do everything right.
1: Yep, and that's what well, moms do. they They're like, "I'll do anything for Right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you know the fact that we mentioned this earlier, only one percent of trafficking victims ever escape. Now, this needs to be something that is talked about more often. And I'm glad that we're starting here. For those that want more information, again, globalep.org, or check them out on Instagram at global education philanthropists. Give them a follow. They just returned from a trip to Haiti. Right? It was, yes. You went to Haiti.
1: Yes, it was amazing. Yeah. You went to
0: Haiti. Headed to, now, at the end of the month, Dominican Republic. Yep,
1: and then we'll be headed, um, and we always need more help, so come and um, volunteer with us. We're headed to Belize, the Dominican Republic, and then um, adding Brazil.
0: So just on their website, third tab says travel, or travel, go on a trip, and go ahead and click on the link. You'll fill out a quick questionnaire. Uh, You'll be asked your name uh, and a few other questions, who's going with you, and uh, it will be submitted to the board. Exactly. Cami. Cammy. I certainly appreciate your time. We're uh, just about fifty minutes here. I'm going to go ahead and, and wrap up. I appreciate you coming on the show. Is there anything that you'd like to share, on topic, off topic, just whatever whatever is on your soul? I'd love for you to take the opportunity and share that.
1: Yeah, just you know, it's really important to me that people feel empowered. Communities are empowered so that they can help themselves. That's what we do when we travel. Uh, whatever we do when we're in the villages, we teach them so that they can help themselves when they're better. When I go um, visit with schools or businesses I try to teach family them so that they can bring things home to their families and help themselves to be protected so if there's anyone listening that wants to like get involved wants to um, find out how to host an education night just go ahead and go to like you were saying um, our instagram global education philanthropists or the same thing on Facebook global education philanthropist or email um, info at globalep.org that goes directly to me and um, I will help you become an advocate to help this fight we really need to get organizations and businesses together to fight this. And we are a federal 501c3. So if your business wants to, you know, donate to us, we need, always need funding to be able to continue this fight. And you can, uh, we can collaborate that way as well. So
0: as you say, if you're looking to save way on your taxes, uh, donating to a 501c3 is a tax write-off too. So kind of a, a selfish reason, but Hey, I mean, if we want to get selfish to get money for human trafficking, I see. Let's do like
1: it. Like $100 a month. Like you can just go on our website, push, you know, donate yep. $100 a month. Like would really just do so much good.
0: Totally. Yep. Thank you so much. That was Cammy Bowker, head awesome. of Global Thank Education you. Philanthropists. You can find them at globalep.org online on Instagram, at global education, philanthropists, or reach out info at globalep.org. Is that right, Cammy? That's the email. That's
1: right. Awesome.
0: Yep. My name is Spencer. It was so great to have you here. Feel free to reach out to the show. The email is hello at org. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show or know someone that needs to be on the show, please email us if you have questions for a guest that you would like to be on the show or an entrepreneur. You want to ask them a question or just a question about business in general. Feel free to ask a question. Check us out online at www.HalfordSocialPros.com or on Instagram at HalfordSocialPros. Hope you have a great day and please, please, please make a difference in our community. Parents, educate your children and tune into the next episode.